Speaking, a monthly podcast on the spoken word. Episode 6, July 2018, The Story of an Idea. Hi, this is Paul Meyer. Thanks for joining me. I'm going to play you three recordings of three different people speaking exactly the same words and ask you to guess where they might have grown up. Well, here's a story for you. Sarah Perry was a veterinary nurse who had been working daily at an old zoo in a deserted district of the territory. So she was very happy to start a new job at a superb private practice in North Square near the Duke Street Tower. Well, here is a story for you. Sarah Perry uh, was a veteran nurse who had been working daily at an old zoo in a deserted village of the territory. So she was very happy to start a new job at a superb private practice in North Square near a Duke Street Tower. Sarah was a nurse who had been working in the newest area of the territory. She was very happy to start another new job. This time in North Square near the Duke Street Tower. If you guessed England, India and the American South, you would be right. But more specifically, they are from central London, Mangalore, India, and Chambers County, Alabama, USA. And my deepest thanks to Marina Tyndall, David Neville, and Deidre Haig for those recordings. Those three colleagues are editors on the IDEA website, the International Dialects of English Archive, IDEA for short, on the web at dialectsarchive.com. So what is IDEA? It's a searchable database of real-life speakers from all parts of the planet speaking English in their own accents and dialects. Every speaker, and we have over 1,400 of them on the archive, speaks the standard passage you heard at the beginning. That passage is cunningly written by a team led by Douglas N. Onoroff and has all the sounds of English in all the various contexts you might uh, find in English. And that allows for a person to make a full analysis of those recordings. In addition to this standard passage, each speaker speaks uh, unscriptedly for a few minutes. That results in great off-the-cuff oral histories. Many of the subjects also speak in their own language if they're not uh, natively English speakers. Every recording is fully transcribed, sometimes phonetically, using the International Phonetic Alphabet. And many have scholarly commentary written by the editor in question, pointing out to the listener some of the acoustic and phonetic features they might be encountering. Each subject is fully documented, though anonymous, so we have a life story to uh, to give context to the recordings. Idea is 20 years old this year. I founded it in 1998 really just a decade or less after the World Wide Web was founded. I'd been hired by a film crew making a film about the great Belgian priest, Father Damien. They were making it in the Hawaiian island of Malakai, where Father Damien performed his ministry to those suffering from leprosy. Father Damien was a Flemish-speaking Belgian, and so the lead actor, the great actor David Wenham, needed a dialect coach to help him speak Father Damien's role with confidence and authenticity. So at just a few days' notice, I was summoned to to Hawaii and was on set with David. I'd had no time for preparation. I was forced to rely on my memories 
of Flemish speakers that I'd encountered. And I thought to myself, wouldn't it be an amazing thing if there were an online archive that you could just tune into and find a real-life model of any accent or dialect you, you needed to access? So after that film was over, I came back to the University of Kansas, where I was a professor, and got talking to a brilliant student of mine, Sean Mueller. He knew all about the Internet and introduced a new term to me, MP3. Well, I didn't know what an MP3 was. It was a brand new concept. But he said that with this highly compressed audio format, it would be possible to put hundreds and hundreds of recordings online and people could listen to them without too much difficulty. So in 1998, IDEA was one of just a few thousand websites launched that year. My very first sample was of a colleague of mine from Nigeria. And she talks about growing up in Nigeria, speaking Yoruba, and learning English in primary school. Take a listen. Well, I grew up hearing English spoken around me, um, even though we spoke only Yoruba at home. So I understand it, um, quite a number of words, like thank you, please, um, good morning, greeting, greeting forms. But I didn't start, I didn't begin systematic tutoring in English in the language until I started my primary school. That was Ideas Nigeria One. Well, it's now 20 years later. And thanks to nearly 100 associate and senior editors from all parts of the world who record and collect and submit and annotate recordings, we have over 1,400 such recordings. And my guess is that as time passes idea can only become more important as part of the historical record of how people speak English. So I've told you about my Hawaii story and uh, being thrust into coaching a Flemish accent with only a couple of days to prepare. I like to think of my life as a dialect coach and actor as a before and after idea. I remember when I entered the business in 1965, Actors learned how to do accents and dialects from hearing other actors do accents and dialects, and they in turn learned them from other actors. There was a kind of cliché or stereotypical accent that, that served us back in those days. We didn't have the instant access to real-life samples the way we do now with the Internet. And it's a little bit embarrassing to, to think of, of how those stereotypes grew and per were perpetuated in theatre and film. But today, with the world shrinking and diversity on the increase and online archives like IDEA and the British Library and YouTube, there is no longer any excuse for actors not to perform their accents and dialects with great research and base their work on real-life speakers. Reality, in other words. And because we're hearing real speakers, real-life speakers, speak unaffectedly and without performance, we understand them as real human beings. And there's less of the editorializing that goes along with creating an accent based on another actor who did the accent. We're free of the judgment of that speaker. And idea shows the almost infinite variety of accents and Englishes that prevail around the world. 
In case you're not familiar with the world of accents and dialects and online archives, let me explain how actors and their dialect coaches use idea to create believable and authentic accents that honour the characters. Well, the passage that you heard the three speakers at the top of the show comes from Karma Gets a Cure. It's a cunningly written diagnostic passage, uh, written by Douglas N. Unruff and, and his team, and it incorporates all the lexical sets that famous linguist J.C. Wells, John Wells, created. All those lexical set words are embedded in the passage. So when I was creating my Northern Ireland dialect manual, uh, which is published as a hard copy and CD and also as an enhanced media ebook, I could listen to real-life speakers and hear the Northern Ireland speakers saying, instead of mouth about town and round, they're, they're saying mouth and bite and tine and rind. And instead of strut come country blood, pretty much every Northern Ireland speaker will say strut come country blood. So I could build those signature sounds into my dialect design. And that's what actors and dialect coaches do. I was born in Belfast, Northern Ireland. Upstairs in the attic. Yep, just like <laughs> Harry Potter. Upstairs in the attic. Doctor couldn't even stand up. Yes! <laughs> I was born at home. My mother took a look and says, put it back, put it back. In Northern Ireland, my family life was not like it is today. We were able to go out and if we did something wrong, the cop would have caught us and kicked our butts. And that was it. You know, they didn't shoot us, you know. We had to come in by dark. We had to go in. And our dinner was called our tea. And we went away once a, once a year. We went to a cottage with a thatched roof and we picked our own vegetables out of the garden. And it was fun. It was a fun childhood. It was more freedom, you know. That was a little clip from Northern Ireland 7. Now, what I didn't anticipate in 1998 was that in addition to serving the entertainment industry, theatre and film, actors and dialect coaches. The world of international business would become extremely interested. And uh, it's very gratifying to know that people who meet clients from all over the world and must become a little more familiar with the many Englishes and English accents and dialects that they encounter in their clients and in their customers use idea to train, to develop that awareness. And, of course, it's invaluable to linguistic scholars, too. And I've discovered speech recognition researchers. The fact that they can hear 1,400 different people reading the same passage is immensely valuable in that regard, I understand. In addition to our nearly 100 associate and senior editors who submit the vast majority of the samples, we also have a wonderful staff, Cameron Meyer. My son is Idea's executive editor and edits all the submitted samples. And in his birthday wish to Idea, he speaks about the social history, oral history aspect of Idea. This is Cameron. So it's been 20 years since Idea was founded. That seems amazing to me. I remember it just like it was recently that my dad told me about his concept for the International Dialects of English Archive, and now it's grown 
into the largest archive of its kind online. I've been very honored to be a part of IDEA, very grateful uh, to my dad for asking me to be part of IDEA, and I've served as executive editor of the archive over the last few years. And one of the things that struck me about IDEA, beyond its value as an accent and dialect archive, is that it's a cultural and historical document as well. I think some of our best samples, some of our best subjects, discuss the cultural value and historical value of their hometown or their speech or their dialect or their accent and put it into a context that that preserves it for history. Uh, one particular subject that comes to mind is a recent uh, submission to the uh, archive by Paula Carter. It's of a 53-year-old African-American woman from St. Louis who, in her unscripted speech, discusses the shooting of Michael Brown in Ferguson, Missouri in 2014. And I'd like to play a little bit of that because I think that's an idea sample at its best, where it goes beyond the mere dialect or accent and discusses every bit about that person's culture. And I think you see that in a lot of our other foreign language samples, too, where the person will speak a little bit in their foreign language. They get, it gives a, a little bit of history of, of their country, uh, of their city. So I hope you enjoy listening to this sample, and happy birthday to IDEA. I was born in uh, city number one, St. Louis, Missouri, uh, downtown, in the projects. Born and raised there. We made the news. A, a young man got shot. You get killed for $43. Two boxes of cigarettes. Okay, they both was wrong. But the man was doing his job. And I I'm, I cannot take nothing back what I'm saying. And that's just how I, I, just how I am. I don't discriminate. If you're wrong, you're wrong. You didn't have to bring all of that. Them uh, guards and all of that. That didn't, you only made the pot worse. You only, you only put more fire logs in the fire. You didn't help the situation. You made it worse. That was Ideas Missouri 24. Submitted and superbly annotated by Paula Carter. She also provides a phonetic transcription of the Comma Gets a Cure reading. And Cameron Meyer, our executive editor, introduced it. I must pay tribute to our six senior editors, whose major contributions have earned them that title. Eric Armstrong, John Fleming from Canada, Bill McCann from China, Derek McNish and David Neville from the US, and Geraldine Cook from Australia. Our 79 associate editors from all over the world, we have 11 from Europe, three from Asia, three from Canada, three from Africa one from South America, two from Australia, two from the Caribbean, 16 from the U.S. South, 10 from the U.S. Northeast, 11 from the U.S. West, and 17 in the U.S. Midwest. I must also honour editors who have retired. Pat Toon, Patricia Childs, Janet Rogers, Rena Cook, and a special mention of Dudley Knight, my friend and colleague, who passed away. The editorial board is still growing. Several new editors have joined us this year, and there's always room for more. So if you share my passion for accents and dialects and linguistics of the spoken word and have some skills to back it up, please consider joining us. I want to honour and say thank you to David Neville, who is Ideas' most prolific 
editor, with 196 samples. He's nearly caught up with my own 224. And I want to honour Bill McCann, who is, without doubt, the creator of the most detailed documents. He submitted 92 samples from China, and his subjects read extracts from Confucius, and Bill provides great analysis and lots of Chinese history. And idea wouldn't be the rich resource it is without volunteer transcriptionists like Jacqueline Baker, who transcribed single-handedly 149 samples. Kevin Flynn, who transcribed 38. Faith Harvey, 54. Sandra Lindbergh, 33. And John Wright, 17. Those volunteer transcriptionists are to be thanked. And now birthday wishes from Dylan Paul. Dylan is our brilliant webmaster and special consultant, and like Sean Mueller, is a former student of mine at the University of Kansas. And Dylan speaks very eloquently about the joys of working with IDEA. This is Dylan. Happy birthday to IDEA. My name is Dylan Paul. I'm an associate editor, IDEA's special consultant, and webmaster. Of course, this is when I'm not in rehearsals for Moulin Rouge or teaching class at the University of Idaho. Paul has been one of my strongest mentors and advocates, and IDEA's volunteer editors have provided a tremendous service that is doubly selfless. First, they give their work without any remuneration. And secondly, they dedicate themselves to sharing the stories and voices of other people, often marginalized populations that fall victim to stereotype. In this way, I view IDEA as a window to what we all crave, whether performing or seeing ourselves represented or teaching or studying, I think it offers a chance at greater authenticity. So my work with the archive has focused on making those voices phonetically searchable, geographically tagged, and presented in a standardized format, as well as automating the submission process and developing other ideas. I love so many samples on the archive, uh, but one of my favorites would be Germany 12. When I was doing cabaret, uh, I found this sample to be a really raucous, joyful alternative that embraced humor I had seen all but stripped from German society by years of World War II films. I am 66 years old, and if you reverse these two numbers, it doesn't get any better. It's still 66. <laughs> and I am from Germany, northern Germany, Hamburg, close to the North Sea. In Germany, like at that time, everything was a little uh, simpler. I mean, uh, technology was not that advanced. They didn't really have computers, and that was uh, something that just started to um, progress slowly. And... Uh, yeah, so we uh, did a lot of uh, bicycle riding and uh, went on foot many times. And uh, uh, we uh, did not really drive a car until uh, 20 years later. And that was almost when I uh, left Germany and came to America. During my Fulbright in Trinidad, I recorded this subject, one of my dear friends, whose accent is not Jamaican or intra-Caribbean, but unique to his island. Cool. So I had a story, right? Um, from a kind of first days, right? So you're talking about like five or six years ago, right? When I was like a uh, lance corporal coming up in kind of first way down, boys. I was saying your boy had to be a badass to make your name now to get a lance corporal. So anyway, 
I never tell this one before though. Never heard this one before? Yeah. Now back in the day, first battalion and second battalion do the do the do cross. You see what I'm saying? They do mesh. You see what I'm saying? It's real rab. So here all going on. Them men bounce up some of my cadets, right? Little private something on upper Frederick Street now, right? Walking from rehearsal a day. Because normally you're walking from tranquil, they meet at that corner, they're walking from CIC, they meet at that corner, and it's like a hub now. And the side well, I don't like your head also. I go in and fight them and then relics. You see what I'm saying? My parents get real beat up. Them come to training Saturday, real broken up, who limping or kind of that. Like, but what happened to all the other bunch of what? So the man's like, Boy, ting, we bunk up second battalion men, boy, and then men beat me up, boy, ting, ting, ting. I was like, nah, Dan, I, I can't be going through that. You see what I'm saying? Alright, here we go in the next training day, I go wait for them. So next training day now, I rounds up all the other corporals on, under my charge. And we going up the road now, and we waiting by Fire Fetchy Corner. Them CV didn't think nothing about it because, I mean, it wasn't private, it was Lance Corpus and thing. And thought, well, everything is everything now, right? So they could just walk past straight. We ain't going through that. Pick up big stone and butter and start a fight, right? When Mary has a guy licked us, had a run. So we running man down, down, down to Porter Spain, from Upper Frederick Street, pelting bottle and big stain straight down to Tongdan. Them run so far, reach as far as the lighthouse and heading up into, um, on the, um, on the beat side. Now, first thing first, you do run in the beat <laughs> Yeah, like, what you could get away with in tongue, you better not go in the beat down because somebody's going to die inside You know what I'm saying? And you might never find your body or kind of thing else. So I'm not going to run in the beat so yes, idea for me is about specificity and accuracy. But what's more important is to understand that that specificity and accuracy that idea embraces, it pushes our patrons away from gross assumptions and ignorance about other cultures. It can and should personalize, humanize, and connect us. That's why I work for idea. And that's why I say happy 20 years to the incredible group of voice professionals and enthusiasts that continue to grow this collection. Happy birthday. That was Dylan Paul, special consultant and webmaster and associate editor at large. And he shared with us two of his favorite samples, Germany 12 and Trinidad 6. If, like me, you had difficulty understanding everything that the gentleman from Trinidad said, Fortunately, Dylan's excellent transcription allows you to read along as you listen. Thanks to Dylan, the archive is fully searchable, as he mentioned. Put in the search term African-American or Native American or even Navajo, Tlingit or Blackfoot and you'll immediately find if we have a sample from that community. Isolate all our Asian samples by using that search term or Yorkshire. Search for individual towns to find out if anyone from Sheffield or Leeds is recorded in the archive. You can even search for specific phonetic symbols to access their use in IPA transcriptions. Or type in a Swahili or Mandarin word or phrase to find out what most closely matches. I think my favourite feature is the global map. You can pull up the map and scroll all over the world and see geotags embedded in the map and Find out instantly, visually, what regions are represented well and what regions are less well represented. Click on any of those geotags, takes you straight to the sample. 
We have a wonderful Native American special collection. Tanner Marshall is our associate editor for Native American Speech. And uh, she gave us Alberta II. I'll play you a little clip for it in a second. Born in 1936, a member of the Blood Tribe, talks fascinatingly about translating the Bible into Blackfoot. Here's Alberta II. Well, I started working for Don in uh, 2001, and we started with the Bible, Bible translation, and that lasted for about three and a half years, on and off, and we finally got it done last May. And then, we weren't, when we weren't working on that, we were working on the uh, dictionary, so, you know, like, uh, translating the English uh, words into Blackfoot. And we're still doing that right now. While we were waiting for you, that's what we were working on, as a dictionary. That was Alberta too. I'm very proud, too, of our Play Names and Terms special collection. Many plays, which are produced over and over and over again, feature local place names, character names, idioms from that region. And it struck me years ago that it made no sense for actors and dialect coaches to reinvent the wheel each time the play is produced. So we have a special collection where a native speaker from that region, from that country, speaks those names and terms and idioms for us. Here's a little clip from Ben Seevich speaking the names and terms from Fiddler on the Roof, giving us the Hebrew, Russian and Yiddish terms authentically. Devya, Yente, Oriental, Avrom, Rochel, Rebnachum, Sprince, Golde, Chodul, Bielke, Cetul, Chava, Chavale, Motul, Kamzoil, Laser Wolf, Mordechai, Mendel, Perchik, Fetka, Laban, Jacob, Le, Jacob, yeah, actually in Yiddish, Yaakov, or Jacob, there is not such a word. Jacob is in English, Yaakov is in Russian, but in Yiddish is Yankul. In Hebrew it's Yaakov, Yaakov, it's the same name. The way the play was written, right by Sholom Aleichem originally, it was written not by, uh, yeah, obviously, and it was written in a different, uh, um, the play was written, uh, the name of the play is actually Tevye and his seven daughters, you know that, right? It's not uh, Fiddler on the Roof, it's sort of a whole Broadway, yeah, and it was written originally in, in, in Yiddish, yeah? So, Definitely in Yiddish, if somebody would refer it in Yiddish, he would refer the name Yaakov or Jacob Yankov. That was a short clip from Fiddler on the Roof, our play names and terms sound file. As we all know, English is the dominant language of the planet. Even countries with no native speakers have adopted English as one of their official languages in order to compete in the global marketplace. So billions of people, millions if not billions of people, are students of English. And in addition to the grammar and vocabulary, of course, 
They want to know how to pronounce it. So we have two special collections, one devoted to General American and one devoted to Standard British English, or Received Pronunciation. These sound files are voiced by voice and speech professionals who natively and authentically speak those dialects. And of course they read Comma Get Secure for all those lexical sets that I mentioned. These special collections are accessed hundreds of thousands of times a year by people from all over the world. Here's a little bit of Marina Tyndall speaking that passage. Well, here's a story for you. Sarah Perry was a veterinary nurse who had been working daily at an old zoo in a deserted district of the Territory, so she was very happy to start a new job at a superb private practice in North Square, near the Duke Street Tower. That was Marina Tyndall, one of the most successful dialect coaches working in film today. Even though we've been going 20 years and have samples from over half of the world's 200 countries, the archive is far from complete. It's still a work in progress. We still have no samples from North African countries like Libya and Morocco, though we do have 92 samples from the African continent and 52 from South Africa alone. For some strange reason, we still have no speakers from the U.S. states of Idaho or Delaware. So if you think you have an accent typical of those states, please send us your voice. We still have very little from Russia, east of Moscow. So if you're from Bratsk or, or Deputatsky or Yakutsk, we want to hear from you too. Submission of samples is dead easy. It's all done online. And, of course, we accept Samples from individuals as well as from our editors. The nice thing is that idea has become a permanent part of the linguistic landscape. It's a reliable, stable, citable database. It's cited over 34,000 times on Google, for example. I cite it in my own dialect manuals from Palmyre Dialect Services, and other writers do the same and are very, very welcome to do so. So thanks for joining me, Paul Meyer, Ideas founder and director, during our 20th birthday celebrations. If you use Idea, remember it's free and unfunded, so please consider a donation during our 20th anniversary fund drive now in progress. Just go to dialectsarchive.com and click the donate button. Join me again August 1st, when I investigate the names we give our children, the sounds of those names. For example, it's seems to me that we like strong, two-syllable, trochaic names. Dumdi, with the first syllable stressed. Names like David, Sally, Robert, Ethel. We seem to like that rhythm best. Iambic names, on the other hand. Didum, which may be a more lyrical, perhaps. Names like Denise, Pierre, Gerard, etc. They don't seem quite so popular. Can we learn anything from this? To find out, please join me next time on In a Manner of Speaking.